So this is the first in our um, rewired MPFT digital podcast. Um, um, I'll introduce myself to start with. So I'm Steve Martin. I'm the Associate Chief Nurse, but also the Chief Nurse and Information Officer for the Trust. Um, and I'm joined by um, Dr. Tovey. Do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah. Hi, Steve. So um, I'm Matt Tovey. I'm a consultant forensic psychiatrist, but also the Chief Clinical Information Officer for the Trust. It's nice to be here. Brill. Uh, so today's all about really just a chat uh, around some of the um, the IM&T digital transformational projects that we're we're delivering in the trust, and and it's to give our clinical take on it really. So um, it's an informal chat, and hopefully future podcasts we can be informed by the, you know MPFT workforce. So we're, we're really keen on actually doing this regularly, and actually uh, the agenda informed by our audience, if you like. So. Um, I guess then, Matt, should we should we start off with some of the key projects and, and what have you got that's on your your agenda? Yeah, I thought one of the probably sensible places to start was to say that the trust or we as part of the, the trust and the IMNT world are looking to put out a strategy, a digital strategy in coming months, which will show the trust and, and all of our colleagues what we intend to do going forwards and I must say um, it's looking excellent because it's really got an exceptional patient and staff focus to make um, the work that we do as efficient and as effective as possible but also as enjoyable and using digital to to drive that forward for the trust so I'm excited um, about being able to share that with colleagues in in due course and of course we have to give a nod to the past year which has been really really tough for everybody with covid and it's really pushed forward the digital agenda within the trust i mean you know like we're we're recording this over teams right now and most of us will be using some of the digital offer that the trust has put out there be it microsoft teams be it one consultation etc etc so i think um again a nod to our uh, technical colleagues that have um, made this work so effectively over the past 12 months, but also to the staff who have embraced this in what have been very, very difficult circumstances. And I think it would be sensible to mention here that as an organisation, we're looking soon to consider really in, in detail how to support both our staff and our patients in terms of their digital journey. So do do the staff, do you guys feel confident with digital and if you don't how can we support you to be more confident and and then target our digital offer to you and likewise for patients when patients join our trust or even for patients that currently are are served by our trust how can we make sure that they can access these digital offers how can we motivate them to realize that there may be benefit for them but also accept that digital is not for everybody and not for every circumstance so we want it to be an effective tool within our toolkit but it's not our only option so i think um you know and alongside that we're going to look at workflow so at the moment we have lots of ways to uh, communicate with one another but that can get a bit o- overwhelming for people so as an organization we're keen to look at what works for people how do we make the working life better more effective and more enjoyable for our staff so I think that's important just to mention but you're right Steve we've got loads of projects going on and and you know an awful lot about them so it'd be helpful I, I, I don't know if, if we ought to talk about some of the big ones that most people know about 
Yeah, I mean, just just adding to the strategy, um, Matt. I mean, one of the things I'm been impressed with with the the current version is is how the patient's voice is in there, and also there's there's a lot around the workforce as well in the new strategy being developed, which I think is really important because of the NHS people plan, NHS long term plan. So I think it's essential that they all link up, and I think hopefully. You know the trust, and uh, we'll we'll see that within that digital plan that it is it isn't just thinking about digital as a whole. It's it's thinking of the workforce, it's thinking of well-being, it's thinking of p- patients as well. So I think that's that's the key thing, uh, which I I picked from the, the latest version. But yeah, no, I think it's it's really good. But yeah, projects we've got so many, haven't we? Um, which ones do you think that we we perhaps should touch on today? Um, I think it's probably worth talking about. Uh, if, if we can start off talking about the Microsoft 365 environment, of yeah. course, um, that's something that we're all using with Microsoft Teams, Microsoft Office, uh, Microsoft Word, etc. But there's a lot of functionality within that that we're exploring as a trust, like Microsoft Project, Microsoft Planner, Microsoft Shifts, that aren't yet open up to everybody, but it may be in time that... Um, we're able to do that and and that helps with workflow so it might be that people can manage their tasks a bit better than trawling through emails it might be that um, through uh, meetings that the documents are stored within a team's channel for example rather than again you having to trawl and navigate a number of emails and just a couple of examples and I don't know if you can think of any Steve but they're certainly the sorts of things that we're looking to support staff Mm. with over coming months yeah and i think one of the key benefits of microsoft 365 which i've seen and is this you know you can sign on from any device as well can't you so it's like you know e- emails feel more accessible uh, microsoft teams has made it more accessible so the whole 365 package gives us a scope of different tools to um to deliver services with so i i, I think it's been a brilliant um uh, move i i, I mean I, I think a lot a lot of staff um probably would feel the same um, as well. So I think, yeah, the Microsoft 365. I think what we perhaps need to think about moving forward is how do we, how do we utilize it all, and 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 how do we? Because some of that stuff, I'll be honest, I didn't know was on there. You know, um, you know, the, the shifts one being the example, and also the booking, Microsoft bookings. You know, I didn't know that was on there. I didn't know we had access to that. I do now, and that's something, particularly as we go to forward with room bookings, will be really valuable. Um, and and workflow, um, you know, is, is key to all that, isn't it? So, yeah, I think Microsoft 365 is a really big, a big project, which affected the whole trust, hasn't it, essentially? And I know we're probably going to bounce back yeah. and forwards during this um, this podcast because yeah. it's kind of the way this goes. But um, it's like you say, none, not everybody knows what's there. So part of our work is going to be to offer training and upskilling sessions for people to be aware of what's there and as as you know we decided last month that we were going to set up a new group um, where we can look to support people uh, using things like power apps uh, uh, so that we can develop in-house some of these workflows that might really help some of our teams and just to pick up on another point you talked about using your own device again with the new way of working in in terms of agile and and people working from home or or anywhere where they need to and it's appropriate to now, I don't think that's going to change. I think there will be some return to on-premise at at times, but a lot of people will continue to work from various locations and, and using various devices. It may not always be that they use an assigned work device. So 
I'm well aware that within our IG department and IMT department, they're working on uh, bring your own device policy to make sure that that's all very safe for people to do. So again, watch this space. And when that's all set up, um, we'll, we'll let you know more because linking to that is the multi-factor authentication piece of work that's happening for the Microsoft suite of, of apps. So that will probably be something like if you want to sign in on your own device every now and again, it will prompt you to check your mobile for a code or something like that. Again, when we know more, we can let you know, but it just makes you more secure and it makes that patient data more secure. So that's really good. I don't know if you want to talk about our kind of telehealth solution, which most people will know about, but where that's going. Yeah, the, the one consultation um, platform. Yeah, I mean, uh, first of all, I mean, this was adopted by the trust at very short notice at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, and I think at the time it was it was very much we needed to get something in very quickly. So we then have done a piece of work around that with the research department around evaluating the use of uh, video consultations and particularly one consultation platform. And I know we're, we're looking at uh, reviewing that and, and potentially procuring a different system as well. And I think one of the questions I get asked quite a lot is what platform is best to use for what? Uh, mechanism or, or, or clinical intervention, if you like. And I think what I'm finding as well is some trusts are now using Microsoft Teams, you know, to deliver video consultations. I know at the beginning of the pandemic, Zoom was used in some trusts, but I think we've gone for a platform like one consultation because of that safety and security element to it. And I know there is information now out there on the internet page around what to use and when really but um i guess it's just pointing that out because i think it's 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 a question that comes up a lot you know can we use microsoft teams for patient uh, consultations well you can with caution is 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 the answer uh, to that and that's that's within our our policies and guidance now that we've put out but um i think ultimately you know safety clinical safety is really important um so i think having a having a really a good platform, reliable platform is essential moving forward. And just to feedback um, from that research, some of, some of the key points that we found from that was that actually video consultation isn't for everyone. Um, it's a choice. And I think we sort of discussed it, you know, all digital technology is a tool as opposed to a um, an alternative uh, to a face-to-face. -face. It shouldn't be used as an alternative. It should be used as a choice um relevant to that individual but yeah i think it's a, it's an interesting one because there's a lot of talk you know around video consultations now uh nationally as well you know what platform are you using and uh, what i found through my networks is that all trusts are in a similar position now where they're actually all evaluating their own their own platforms that they've adopted um, there's a lot of questions being raised well why can't i use microsoft teams why can't i use zoom and i guess the answer to that is you know it is around safety um it's around it's around that sharing of information and, and where we store patient um identifiable data as well so i guess that do, that kind of touches on that a little bit but just to reassure you know the audience and stuff the you know it, it's under review we are evaluating we've done a massive research um, project on it as well um so watch this space in terms of video consultations because it, it's probably going to stay um in some form um and as, as an option for for some patients yeah and i'd agree i, I think yeah. that we've agreed haven't we that 
one consultation will take us to at least the end of this year to give us time to properly evaluate what's out there. And it, and it may be that we do uh, think that that it doesn't do the job that everyone wants it to do. And we want to, you know, we have consulted with care groups and, and staff to make sure that we get this this right. And I think you're right. It, it is here to stay in some form. And what we need to know going forward is what are the right places for it to be? And what are the right places for it to be, but people still aren't using it? Is there that barrier of a bit of fear about using that kind of technology? And what can we do as a kind of IMT or clinical digital leadership to, to support you there? And I suppose um, one of the things we want to come from delivering information to you guys like this podcast is that bi-directional communication so please do feel free to get in touch you can pop ideas on the in our gift hub and, and steve and i both look at that fairly regularly um you can email us you know we can both be found on on the directory and we're always looking for people to come and present ideas to the, the, the DAG, one of our groups, but also there's a Digital Champions Forum, which is a really active group of people who, you know, digital is their passion to use it to improve work. And we, and we thank every every member of that uh, group for all that they do. But please feel free to get involved there. And the person to contact if you're interested is Celine Grundy, and she'd be more than happy to link in with you with you there i wonder if it's just worth mentioning rio i mean it's our biggest yeah, yeah. record isn't it not every area of the trust uses it but um it certainly is our biggest one in, in mental health and community and i probably only a couple of things to say on this for me is that um again we probably underutilize the functionality so we want to look at this and make sure that it really works well for you guys and that you guys know everything that it that it can do and that we're using the data um, effectively because ultimately what we want to be able to do as an organization is pull out accurate data to make things better for our patients and for you guys in terms of the workflow now I, this isn't confirmed but my understanding is that the the rio 21 upgrade is likely to uh, support rio to be a bit more of a workflow tool so it might do things like alert you to where jobs need doing for patients again going to our earlier conversation about you know automating workflow a little bit for people so that you know what you've got to do everybody's really busy all of the time so to have to kind of remember all the jobs that are there to do is really tricky so if rio could do that i think it would be great and again i'll keep people informed the more i learn about that and i think that links in with some of the you know the big ticket projects going on in the trust as well you know in terms of e-community and and you know just to just to reiterate, and it, I, I, at the moment it's within our community nursing portfolio, but the idea of e-community is that it does link in with Rio eventually. And actually that, that planning. Just for me, Steve, just what yeah. is e-community, just so people know? So, so you know, e-community is it's, it's a planning system uh, for work, basically. So the idea is that you'd be able to plan your routes, plan your, plan your, your visits in that system, uh, and eventually that directly link in with the Rio system. Um, the roadmap is, you know, to build that API. And when I say API, it's uh, it's an application programming interface, but, but essentially that links two systems together. So I guess to, to reassure um, the audience, people listening to this, you know, as a trust, we recognize the challenges with different systems talking to each other and within all our systems that we're now adopting you know we're challenging that we're saying what is the roadmap can we eventually link this system to this system so that was the idea 
in terms of the upgrade with e-community was that eventually this would then link in with Rio. Um, and as we get more and more teams onto Rio, it'll become more and more um, easier, I guess, to um, to adopt all these things. So, it's it, yeah, it's... Um, I think it links in with what you were saying around the functionality of Rio and and being aware of what we can and can't do with it. And th- you know we've got we've got great training resource in the, in the trust as well through the IMT team. So you know I'd I'd be saying to people you know get in contact with people like Trish Nolan, look on the internet page. There's lots and lots of training packages out there. You know and within our Rio support team as well. You know so if there's if you do have a query around Rio. Um, you know, please do contact them. But yeah, e-community was the idea was that this would link onto Rio. And I think as we move forward and we look at spreading Rio across the trust, because um, like like you're saying, Matt, we've got we've got teams still not on Rio. We've got team we've got we've got um, Medway, uh, Hayward Hospital, for example, and we need to try and align them. And that that that'll help our vision, you know, of becoming an integrated integrated trust which we are of course but we need integrated systems as well to support that so um so yeah that i mean that's that's kind of the roadmap isn't it do you, do you think yeah. matt in terms of rio is to get everyone onto rio all teams onto it and yeah where it's appropriate and i guess there's a lot of consultation there because there are some things we can't do that services need but it, but it's about you know i guess that's the ultimate vision whether that be in a year or 10 years we're not really sure but the other thing that i i hope the audience is aware of or those that use rio are is that rio now links to another system called um one health and care which is that integrated care record and what that means is within our kind of staffordshire and stoke-on-trent region because it doesn't work for shropshire yet shropshire are looking to join this project over the coming kind of 12 months so hopefully shropshire patients will then benefit as well but certainly for staffs and stoke-on-trent patients what it means is Many of the health services around, so MPFT, UHM, Combined, uh, Stoke-on-Trent County Council, etc., uh, West Midlands Ambulance Service have have got this platform, uh, this uh, called One Health and Care, which um, organisations can push some of their data into, so other organisations can see it. So, for example, we put some of our data into into the integrated care record certainly for mental health at the moment community data isn't there yet and that will allow other organizations to see our patients diagnoses and risks for example we're looking to improve what we put in over time but what it also means is we can see things like blood test results uh, uh, appointment dates and uh, even some discharge summaries from some of our colleagues for example in UHM so I'd be really interested to hear back from people how they're finding that and if there are other uh, other functionality that they would like to see, certainly you and I, Steve, I know go to a meeting every month where we kind of discuss what, what we need to see in the roadmap yeah. going forward. And one of the big things that's being discussed at the moment is about care plans, particularly around things like end of life, but mental health is there. So over time, we should see um, there being an increase in functionality functionality there. Um, I think the thing for me with the integrated care record and and the thing I found confusing at first, uh, Matt, I'll be honest, was the two different names because um, yeah. it's yeah. One Health. Is that right? So, yeah, it's called One Health and Care, but then people right. also call it the integrated care record or yeah. or, or whatever. But so, essentially yeah. it's the same thing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. So I suppose it's just 
making that point. And, and the other thing for me, the integrated care record, because I think the, the power of it moving forward could be immense in terms of having that data at your fingertips as a clinician. I think the National Records Locator Service as well, that's something that I'm trying to make the connection uh, with the integrated care record. I don't know whether you can yeah. explain how that feeds in. Yeah, yeah. so... Um this is one of the difficulties and I think as a trust we're, we're trying to address this is there are so many projects going on nationally and regionally and locally that you can get a bit lost so people may be hearing about the national record locator service and what this essentially is it's a it's a national project by NHS digital to enable at least to start with ambulance trusts accessing mental health crisis plans so whilst locally, the ambulance can access some data through the integrated care record that's only within a specific region. The point of the National Record Locator Service and the two systems may join up to some degree in future. And this was a thing on a, on a call we had a few days ago, but um, it enables any ambulance service to access or, or to look for a patient and see whether or not they have a mental health crisis plan. And if they do, to read it so that they might better target where they how they support that patient so for example if at the moment many patients in crisis may be taken to A&E which may not be the best place for them it may be that if it's within working hours we can contact the appropriate or sorry the ambulance service can contact the appropriate uh, mental health team for advice and say look we, we're aware of the crisis plan we know what sorts of things this patient struggles with or, or what helps them and direct their care appropriately earlier, which can only be a good thing for both the resources and the patient, I think. But it isn't live yet in our region. We're looking to go live in about a month, I think. Yeah, and I think that sort of leads us on to another project um, as well. I guess, you know, as we talk about being out and about and, and having access to information, you know, the integrated care record, the national records locators, uh, good examples of that. I guess if I'm a community nurse and I'm out and about, one of the things I need to need to have is that that kind of connectivity, don't we? And I think one of the things we're doing as a trust with the Total Mobile project is uh, developing that that Wi-Fi less, if you like, um, connectivity. So I guess that's another project I just wanted to draw attention to because the plan is, you know, to have Total Mobile across all, all our community services in the end, so that when we're out and about as nurses or practitioners we we don't we're not reliant on that connectivity uh to be there we can actually input where we you know there and then in the house so that, that's i think that's an important project as well which kind of links with that access doesn't it absolutely and and so people know how that works at, at, at the moment you know we all have our laptops don't we and we go about with them but if if we don't have wi-fi it's difficult to use you can do something called tethering to your mobile phone but that needs 4g signal if you don't have that then you can't use it but what total mobile does is it has some of the forms not all of the real functionality but we can we can target the forms per service and it does something called cache the data, which means it stores it without needing to be online so that when you next get the signal, it puts that data back in the system where it needs to be. Which, like you say, is great functionality for our rural communities or communities where, where signal can be problematic. Um, I'm just wondering, Steve, because this is we've talked for a bit of a while and there's so much yeah. to talk about whether whether we want to cover more more today or we leave it there for the audience to get back to us about what they might want to hear about. And we, we cover off some of the things like prescribing issues, 
um, OxyHealth, EOBS, Docman, Two-Way SMS and other projects next time to to give the audience something to look forward to. What do you think? Yeah, no, I think that's a, that's a plan, a plan, Matt. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think you know the EPA project as well. You know that probably needs mentioning, uh, like you say, electronic prescribing. But yeah, I think you know I'm happy for it to be led by the audience and our listeners, really, uh, to be guided on what they want us to talk about and what we want to what we want to feedback, really. Um, there's, I mean, just to just to point out, you know, like we said earlier, the digital strategy is being developed it's it's very patient uh workforce focused um there's a there's a lot of different forums we've got now like you said earlier digital champions we've got digital assurance group uh, we've got digital committee now as well set up in the trust so digital is really is really moving forward i mean just just to add from 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 our, our own roles really i suppose just to sort of end it on and then we'll be guided by the audiences you know as the chief nurse information officer I'm, I'm i feel passionate about adding that clinical voice into digital um innovation and you know i'm happy to to be contacted by anyone really who's got any, any kind of thoughts or ideas or anything um that they want to discuss really digitally uh, i am involved in the, the chief nurse information officer network now regionally with nhs uh, england as well and um we join the the stp uh, clinical advisory group as well don't we matt so um you know anything that people want to talk about i'm happy to be contacted around digital and i guess you know yeah happy to be guided on future ones i guess over to yourself really matt just to close this session off so so yeah as steve said i'm i'm more than happy to be contacted by by colleagues and others about any thoughts they might have but i'm really interested to know what you think of this is this a good idea has anybody actually listened to this or you know are there ways we should do this better to to cover what you want us to cover so that you're more aware of what's going on digitally within the trust so please all feedback welcome you can find steve or myself on all of the the channels within the trust so mpft mail it's just our name so it's matthew.tovey or stephen.martin at mpft.nhs.uk you can leave a, a suggestion in, in our gift you can contact us via microsoft teams however you would like to um, and please do offer us some feedback as to whether this is valuable or not, because we don't want to be wasting your time listening to it if it's not. But thanks very much. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, everyone. That's the end of this episode. We hope you enjoyed listening. Subscribe for more episodes and share with your friends, family and colleagues. Goodbye. Goodbye.